Hey, Mystic Michaela spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. Today, what is an ego death? Have you had one? Are you undergoing one? What are they for? What does it mean? Is it as scary as it sounds? Yeah, but first, hey, Scotty. <laughs> hey, guys. Yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about this topic. You've had so many. I've like witnessed them. I've had <laughs> ego deaths? <laughs> oh, yes. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's kind of like when, and I'll get into it, like with the steps and what it feels like and, and whatnot. It's like when you just disassociate from, it's like, I guess like layman's terms, like for you, it would be like when a dream didn't happen that you thought was supposed to. I mean, how many times has that happened for you? Like three. <laughs> okay. So like those three times, okay. like how like bummed out you were, Yeah. like that's kind of like an ego death, oh, you know, okay. or like, I don't know, like when you, when you kind of quit dominoes and move back home with your parents you probably went through an ego death oh you're talking about like like dreams that you have in life oh i thought you meant like no. how many times i've dreamed like i only had three, yeah, three times i've only well, you don't dreamt. actually literally dream oh, but okay. you have a lot of like oh then it'd be like dreams. yeah then it's like 72 or something like <laughs> yeah like yeah. we go we have a lot of oh, them okay and like we call them all sorts of things and then there's like a whole process to it and what's you know how can we use it to move forward all right i mean i think i had a my most recent ego death mm-hmm uh, was when I took Bree to get braces. Would that be considered an ego death? It was hard for you to agree to braces. Right. A lot of red rants about that. Maybe my wallet's death. It was more of my wallet's death <laughs> yes, than my true. ego's death. Well, like anything, instead of, you know, a lot of people go to different orthodontists and get different consultations. I just look online at their auras. Right. So That's what I do. You know, they, they told us, hey, you know, get, you know, get three opinions, go, mm. go to three different places, look around, you know, get, look at their credentials, all this stuff. And then you come out with this very nice lady, you know, uh, Dr. Palmer, and you say, oh, she's yellow and pink. Purple. Purple. Yellow and purple. Yeah. So we picked the orthodontist based on her aura colors. We did. Yes. Yeah. Well, I love that she was a woman too. Right. I mean, I looked at everybody. I just liked that she was a woman. I guess I had a man and it was just kind of like, yeah. I'd say it was like a weird, I don't know. I don't have like great memories. I don't know. What did you do? Oh, I, I had a man too. <laughs> like this, I mean, it, it's kind of weird because I, I, you know me and I block things out. You do. You don't, it's all coming, it's surfacing yeah. because Bree's going through it. Now we're getting stories. Right. So like think like, you know, traumatic experiences for me, I, I just block them out. Yes. And I, I, like, I can't even remember. Like you sometimes you would say, don't you remember what we did? And like, no, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> those are happy memories. Why are you blocking those out? Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, yeah. so you know, you you've been uh, you've had actually you're going through some uh, teeth issue right now yes. too. You have this you know root canal, whatever. Oh god! So yeah. oh, you couldn't go to take Bree to the orthodontist. Yeah, it was awful. So I actually had to go. Right. And you know, it was interesting because it's so much has changed since I went. Yeah, so, this is for her getting them put on. Yeah, getting yeah, them put we've on. We've already so. chose the lady based on her aura colors and. <laughs> Right. Right. We already picked her. You know, we had the consultation. It was only one consultation because she was yellow purple. Yeah, I liked her. Well, yeah, she was a good yellow purple. I like right. that. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Anyway, but um, what I, what I was saying is, it started to bring back memories of my experience with this creepy old man. Oh, what did you? Where okay. did they send you? This is, so it's it's starting to starting to starting to come back. Yeah, it was like a creepy. I remember a creepy basement. Picture it, Long Island. Picture it. Nineteen what? Eighty eight. <laughs> uh, yeah, something around there. Okay. <laughs> South Merrick. <laughs> old house, old like a split level. Mm. You walk downstairs to this like really creepy office. So it's like everything's like wood paneled. Mm, that's weird that it's in the basement yes i was alone they just sent me down there alone there's no other kids all it was like this creepy guy and a lot of molds of teeth and there's no kids well there might have been like one other family waiting in the waiting room or something like that. there's only one chair down there one chair that's weird yeah i know brie had like they had like a lineup oh they do yeah me too i had a lineup yeah there's one chair that's and like i said molds of teeth everywhere and all i remember is putting my teeth into this mold for like 45 minutes. Right. Like just sitting there with this mold on my yeah, teeth. Yeah, you breathe through your nose. That's the old yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. And and then I just remember a lot of tools. Oh, honey. Tightening. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I believe my clothes stayed on. <laughs> so that was good, you know, because I was alone. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I never, ever would be comfortable with that. Yeah. Like at all. I don't care how old my kid is. Like yeah. 28. I'm like, I'm going with you. I'm not going down there alone. Yeah. And the all I remember basement. is him like cranking and cranking 
yes. cranking. So this like, is what you mouth. thought you were signing your kid up for. Yeah, th- and that's what I thought I was signing her up for. Right. So when I got when I got there, you know, it basically it took I think an hour. Yeah. And maybe it took an hour. Um, you know, the orthodontist just put, pluck, 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 pluck all these little the sticker, brackets on. The sticker, yeah, the sticker brackets. Sticker brackets. Yeah. Uh, they threw a couple of wires in there and she was done. Yeah. It's like a lot less torture than yeah. it used to be. Then it started me running around. Wait, wait a second. Whoa, wait, what am I paying for here? No, oh, no. <laughs> that <laughs> like, at least the torture was some sort of, you know, yeah, exchange. I, yeah, because I remember <laughs> there was like such a process and all these little brackets and all these weird things they had to put mm. on you back then. It took hours and hours and hours. So like, all right, so you paid money, fine. But now I'm like, wait a no, second. I'm fine wait with that. All right. Yeah, all right. It's funny, Scott. Okay, okay thank you. The other thing that's been going on, I guess, is like now that, you know, the I don't know the pandemic's over, but like that we've been going out more and stuff. Yes. We've been running into people. Oh my god! And it's kind of awkward when you have like that conversation. Like maybe you see someone at the gym and you yeah. haven't seen them in, like a year because you haven't been there, and then they they come up to you, and then boom, they start a conversation. Yeah, it's like the indigo awkward encounters, I'll yes. call it, because I'm indigo, and I'm sure like we all have these things, even no matter what oracle you are. But like I ran. So I went to the Y, you know, we just started going back and I used to go to this class called Pound all the time. If you don't know what Pound is, it's like what purple moms do when you can't go to the club anymore. (laughs) It's just like drumsticks and like rock music and cardio and whatever. So, but I haven't been back because like, I don't know, I'm being a slacker or whatever, but one step at a time, I'm purple. Anyway, so I run into the old instructor and I haven't seen her in a year and haven't, she's indigo too. And it was so weird because like I go to hug her, which is super not me. Because I'm like, you know, it's a cold post COVID and I'm, and even before that, I'm like respectful of people's boundaries, but I like, I don't know what happened. I'm like, as I'm hugging her, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm hugging you. I've been vaccinated. No judgment if you aren't. And then she was like, oh, uh, my kid just came out as non-binary. And that was our, and then we just start laughing because this is how people say hi now okay so basically, basically what you're saying is <laughs> you have to like picture the embrace yeah you haven't seen her in like over a year or whatever yes maybe a year and a half yeah and then this is like the first exchange this is it there's no even hello here no it's just we just yeah. i embrace her apologize tell her i'm vaccinated and also express non-judgment if you don't and then also and then she's just like my kid's non-binary <laughs> like and i found this funny for three reasons one it's like covid and like this is Nobody knows how to be around. Hu- I don't know how to be around humans anymore. Like it's kind of a social thing. And then two, indigos hate small talk. And I feel like we just skipped that. We skipped all the small talk. And then three, I thought it was interesting because she's going through her own kind of like ego death thing mm. because she went right into, and I was like, welcome. I'm like, oh my God, good for her. Good for them. Good, for, you know, her, since her daughter's not binary, I'm like, good for them. And she's like, she went right into it explaining how, um, it's been what the family's been going through and you know how they're adjusting to new pronouns and how dad's having some issues with it and just everything and i'm like how brave of this woman and you know and and how brave of her daughter who's you know come out as not her non-binary child how brave that they're dealing with this together you know what i mean because like what do you it, it, it is kind of like an ego death and we're going to talk about that like when all of a sudden you have a daughter and now you have a non-binary child like that you can't attach to that anymore you know what i mean like you, you have to attach to the soul not to like what their labels were in society and I, and that's an example of an ego death so i thought it was like oh my god it's so crazy that it all happened like at once that's, that is pretty crazy it was heavy it was it was cool though and yeah. and i really appreciated like the exchange because back to the whole empaths we don't like small talk like i would much rather have exchanges like that with people than like how's the weather or like hey right. you know cute top right so you're saying <laughs> yeah in the you know in the future for indigos instead yeah. of like starting a conversation like how's the weather right you know i like what you're you're wearing today you yeah. just like shout out something like hey i'm out of the closet i'm gay now yeah, <laughs> yeah. like or, or whatever like i have autoimmune issues yeah. or like like whatever or, you're going through yeah my you turtle know? died my- <laughs> i'm reorganizing my kitchen and i'm really stressed out like <laughs> okay <laughs> Just jump right into like it. Like normalize, just like what's really going on, right, you know, right. like what you were thinking about right before you met them and you had to pretend to be somebody else. Like, let's just talk about what's really going on. Yeah. I should try. I'm going to try that. Oh my God. You know, next time I, you know, haven't seen someone in a while, I'm just going to come out with something really like crazy, even if it's not true. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, I might just like come out with something, you know. At the Mystic Michaela spiritual event in January yeah. when we're all meeting in Fort Lauderdale. Right. 
You should try that out. I should try that. Like, yeah, just I feel like people. everyone's going to do that anyways, but you should just try it out yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously, I feel like we can all handle it better. Because the problem is, is, like, we feel it anyways. Like, when you meet somebody, it's like, oh, it's so awkward, or what's going on with them, or I know something's going on, I can't put my finger on it. Wouldn't it be great if they just came out with it? Yeah. All right. Yeah. These are all my right. thoughts. Right. And, and this has been an, uh, the segment, Indigo Awkward Encounters. You're welcome. Yeah. And the segment was a little awkward, too. The I whole thought. segment was awkward. Yeah, the whole Just thing to reflect was awkward. it and mirror it. All right. Well, we have a couple ads, <laughs> and then we're going to come back, and we're going to take some of the Mystic Michaelis virtual family uh, posts. We get a lot of interesting posts on there, people you know, with issues or, or, um, or whatnot, and uh, we're going to discuss those. Absolutely. Every time I go out now, I have my keys and my wallet, you know, my purse, and my She's Birdie in my Aura Color Indigo. Whether it's taking a walk around my neighborhood or running errands or venturing out on my own, I always want to feel safe. And I know you do too. So with Birdie, you can keep doing what you love with added peace of mind. Birdie is a personal safety alarm designed to be easy to carry and simple to use. When you activate your Birdie with one quick pull, the alarm will emit a loud, it is very loud, 130 decibel siren and flashing strobe light to help deter an attack. Unlike pepper spray or other deterrents, Birdie is no danger to you, so you can feel confident to use it without the worry, any, any worry. Birdie goes wherever you go. The alarm comes in multiple colors and has a brass keychain so you can attach it to your keys or bag. Over three hundred thousand birdie alarms have been sold and they have thousands of five-star reviews so join the flock today for a safer tomorrow right now she's birdie is offering our listeners 15 percent off your first purchase when you go to she's birdie.com slash k-y-a go to she's birdie spelled s-h-e-s-b-i-r-d-i-e dot com slash k-y-a for 15 percent off your first purchase you can buy them for all your friends or the women in your life that's she's birdie.com slash k-y-a yes and i am going to bring mine to we're going back to helen georgia mm, I don't, yeah we I mean, are I, I didn't tell you oh, oh i know now i just no. told you that. okay yes. okay yeah. okay yeah we are but um so i'm very fearful you know the town is very right. upset with you you I know forget for, what episode that was yeah we got to go back and Tell them what episode right, that we'll was. We'll deal with that next week. But, you know, you flashed the entire All right, town. Okay, if you didn't listen to that episode, it's true. There's I flashed people, look, people in the town. They're looking by for accident. you. I need that she's birdie just in case. <laughs> just to keep just keep them away from me? Yes. Exactly. Maybe they need it from me. That's true. We'll break, you know, we'll <laughs> Maybe get I've assaulted them. Let's get a few to bring. All right. Well, here's the thing I love therapy. It gives me such a peace of mind. It's somebody like just not ob- object. Non-subject, non-objective. What is it? Non-objective. Non-objective. Is that it? I think so. Non-subjective. Non-objective. An objective person sure. can listen to my problems and give me <laughs> some really good advice, and I get that with better help. What is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. You can get some tools to help with motivation, depression, anxiety, your ego death, battling your temper, stress, dealing with insecurity in relationships or at work, whatever you need. It's time to start being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to it's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours they are so quick and so on top of it join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about see if it's for you because you are your greatest asset so this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and know your aura listeners get 10 percent off their first month at betterhelp.com slash kya again that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash kya so many listeners have reached out to me so glad that they've been able to connect with their better help counselors so hey scott what do you have for us all right so i took some of these uh questions from the mystic michaela spiritual family and uh let's read them all right all right so here's our first one it's from Allie. all right she writes i just broke up with my boyfriend tonight i could use some advice or support and then she put the colors uh, uh blue and yellow so I, I believe she's a uh, blue and yellow aura He drinks a lot and has a tendency to be short-tempered or snappy. Doesn't yell at me, but makes comments. He says he has a dark sense of humor, and I've expressed various times that I'm extra sensitive. Maybe that in itself isn't a good mix. I don't know. Me and my voice have felt so unheard and unseen. I spent the last year finding myself and realizing my voice is the most powerful gift. That's not who he is. I can see he just wants to care and give love, I know he's unhappy with where he is in life. That's why he drinks so much. He's 
drunken expressed at various times. Maybe he has had the support he has needed in the past. All right, so so that's the first part of this. Um, obviously, he's drinking a lot. Yeah. Um, Do you know the things here? You know, she broke up with him, so I think that was a good idea. Yeah. You know, the whole thing with like, the oh, it's my dark sense of humor. You're just oversensitive. Like, no. No, and, and maybe if somebody does have that sense of humor, it's like, okay, but it still doesn't make me feel good. Right. So change your sense of humor. You know, like, don't, I, why do I have to change my reception of it? Right. You know. And it, and it is kind of telling she's felt really unheard and unseen. Yeah. So, so this is good. It's really, I'm really proud of her for, for doing this, but it, I'm also getting, I feel right. bad. She feels bad for him. Right. Because here, let's, let's continue yeah. now. He's honestly usually a teddy bear when he doesn't over drink let's say 75 slash 25% of the time for perspective. So I, I'm assuming 75% she's saying he's okay, but the other 25 he's not. not so good. Right. right. I have to set boundaries for myself and finally stuck to them today because I don't want a relationship with that. Is that realistic? Like seriously, question mark. I know all relationships come with problems. So it kind of actually reminds me of that, that – sex life show you were watching the other day where the lady was like 85 15 or whatever yeah but that so, was just like about sex no this i know about like yeah but, but it was like kind of like she had 85 percent fulfillment yeah. and not now here she's kind of saying like she has like 75 75 percent good yeah and 25 percent bad right you know that's still a problem right yeah um well, we'll talk about it yeah what, what else does she say but there were so many good days over bad i can't help but think maybe it's not the end or maybe things will change but I have been down that road before and don't plan on ever going back. Am I stopping at the right time or stopping too early? Law of attraction is all I can think about. Yeah. So honestly, mm. we're married, right? <laughs> I think so. I think so. Okay. I think I sold that paperwork somewhere. Yeah. Um, I've, it's never gotten so bad that I felt unheard or unseen or unloved or unprotected. Right. So I think she, like Allie, what she's talking about is that 25% of the time that's, that's too, that's, that, that 25% isn't normal. Like yeah. if it's 25%, like maybe you're bickering or it's like different types of problems, but if it, it sounds like kind of like abuse or verbal or emotional abuse and then the drinking and whatnot, uh, with, which he obviously refuses to kind of get help with and he uses it more of like a crutch to victimize himself instead of getting better. That's, these are all things that he doesn't want to change. Like I said, I did this post the other day about some people want um, to be fixed, but they never want to get better. And this guy sounds like he wants to get fixed by her, but he never wants to get better. And, and I think like in a relationship, yes, of course, no, like none of them are perfect, but you have to want to get a little better. Yeah. And I, you, you think a lot of people are in relationships go through this or even, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, they were there. Like they're like, okay, 75% of the time is good or 80% or whatever, 65, whatever that percentage is. And they're over, they're willing to overlook that. Like I bet you a lot of people on the page are in the same, you know, she was very brave. She's very brave. To write that. Yeah. Um, uh, You know, there's over 7,000 people in that group. And now there's, you know, so many people listening to this podcast. That's brave, and but I think a lot of people are in that situation. And she's speaking for a lot of people. I think so. A hundred percent. She's yeah. she's definitely speaking for a lot of people, and I'm I'm happy that she did that. The thing is, is he's going to want to come back to her because right. nobody else is going to deal with this stuff. Right. And and what's going to happen is he's going to be seventy five percent for a while. There's going to be a honeymoon period. The guy's going to be a hundred percent like sweetheart because nobody else will deal with this. Right. And, you know, I don't know him. I'm not looking at their pictures and it's not a reading. But, like, unless he's getting therapy or doing work or doing actual things to get better, I don't know if... And I think, you know, she already knows because history does repeat itself often. And I think she already knows and I think, you know, she's already out of it. And, like, when she said, like, law of attraction, I totally get that because it is a whole thing. Like, you have to... It's hard. Like, it will hurt. Sometimes the things that are good for us still freaking break our hearts. So it sounds like I know this is good for me, but man, this hurts. Man, this breaks my heart. Mm. But it's still good for you, you know, and she knows that. So yeah. it's kind of, that's not normal it, it, to go back to something after feeling that way. Right. And, and here, you know, this is the telling question, stopping too early, meaning like, you know, do, do some people kind of like, oh, you know, if I give it another three months, if I give it another six months, if I give it a year, will it change? You know, maybe they can change. But I think you, when these things happen, you know you know. You have 
to take people where they're at right now. Yeah. And just consider if could I do this the rest of my life? Right. I don't care who they are. Um, you whatever they're going through, like, could I deal with this the rest of my life the way this right. person is right now? Yeah. But do you think a lot of people are just saying, you know, maybe if I just give it another month, they'll change or Yeah, it's not like an like illness that. or something. Like, I mean, listen, addiction, it sounds like he's an addict, but he's not getting it treated. If right. he was getting it treated, I'd be like, okay. Give him some time because he's getting it. He's actively looking to heal himself right. you know, and taking it seriously. Then fine. But if he's just sitting in it, then no. Like just take this is what it is, the ups and, the ups and downs. It's not normal to have that kind of up and down in a relationship either. Like the up, down, up, down, up, down. But yeah, I know. I, I like that you chose that yeah, one because so I feel like a lot of people do deal with that. All right. And thank you so much, Allie, oh, for thank that Thank you, one. Allie. All right. Let's move on to our next one. Okay. Okay. We have Emily. All right, this one's kind of a little bit more quirky one. So okay, that's why I picked it's like a fun one. one. Yeah, a little more fun. Signs it's time to burn sage in your home. If a mounted shelf and statue head fall off the wall onto the couch next to you while you're listening to the new KYA episode. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> sub- the podcast ghost. <gasps> it could be. He's back. She also wants us to know she is subleasing a furnished unit, so those are not her decorations. <laughs> I guess maybe those that she felt the decorations are fairly ugly. They're really ugly, so please don't judge me. Yeah, she doesn't want to judge. I believe she's purple and blue because that's the two hearts she put down. Maybe the podcast Um, ghost doesn't like the decor either. Yeah. We have a podcast ghost, and he visits people. (laughs) Right. For real. It's possible. I think we might have two podcast ghosts now. I know. Um, You know, one for your... hear something creepy? Yes. I didn't even tell you this. Oh, tell me. Um, So when I... When we were uh, filming in my parents' basement for like two episodes, and we were telling everyone, "Hey, you know," and and there was a uh, the the young the young man down there who committed suicide, but we didn't talk about. And then there was another man down yeah. there too, but he stayed in the uh, tool room. Yeah, that's uh, the owner of the whole house is named Michael. So we didn't say that to anybody. That's where I'm going with. Oh this. yeah, we never said his name was Michael. I got at least four DMs. Who's Michael? I was listening to this whole episode with when you the yeah. nature empath episode when you're talking to my dad down there. Like I just kept thinking of Michael. I just during your conversation with my dad, a lot of you like four people DM me and we're like, "Who's Michael? Who's Michael?" I'm like, "That's the original owner of the house where that interview took place." Yeah, those were his tools in yeah. his tool room down in the basement. How crazy is that? Like we have little psychics listening and they're. And Michael was that they picked up his Come, energy, yeah, coming through. I don't think he liked that you were like hanging out in his tool room. No, I kind of felt that. You yeah, know? yeah. He, <laughs> I, I kind of felt that he didn't like me. Uh, but you know, which is not a new feeling for me. But, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. What right. do you got next? All right, our next one is. All right, they want a, a hot take on this one. Hot take. Okay, so we got okay, Mister Michaela, we need your hot take on this aura unicorn and Jason. So okay. it's Chriselle Strauss. From Selling Sunset. Okay. And Jason Oppenheim, who, I know if you watch the show, it makes sense. If not, just skip over because, like, I'm sure you don't care. But if you watch it, you super care. So, Chriselle is pink and blue. And, like, and Jason's like her boss. I get it. But is he her boss or is he like, like, for the show? Like, they have to kind of pretend to have that relationship. Anyways, he's purple and green. So, this is what I get from them. One, Chriselle likes to be taken care of because she's pink and blue and kind of like in that childlike way it's like be good to me take care of me love me and i feel like jason loves to feel needed like that and important because he's green and purple and he kind of likes to be the man and he's like i'll take care of you feels very generous with his time and his money and and his affection and i feel like that's exactly what she needed and i feel like he's heads over heel for her and she is too but i also get uh, Uh and i hate Uh to say Uh it uh uh-oh but, you know, like, when things are working, like, oh, like, oh, they're together, like, Jason and Chriselle, and, and I believe they're together, and I feel like they're, they're definitely probably hooking up and having this wonderful time together. But I also feel like there's another part of them, and like, man, this is good TV. And, man, this is good for our, for our social media. And, man, this is it's kind of like what I get from J-Lo and Ben. Honestly, like, yeah, they're together. But then also, like, yeah. how much of it is also, like, but this is also advantageous. You know, like that. <laughs> right. You know, like, at the same time. And you can have both. You can have that duality of, like, yeah, we like each other's company. But also, this is super advantageous for the, for the continuation of our plot lines on the show. So I get kind of, like, a dual thing on there. I actually, I feel like he's obsessed with her, honestly, though. Like, he's like, oh, my God. Like, he feels like a very lucky dude. That's what okay. I get from do, this. Do you think this, it was like, I mean, I've never watched the show. I know. Uh, you watched some of it. And you, like, I think I watched totally like a, hated it. a third of one episode. I think I watched <laughs> Um 
do you think like like throughout all these seasons? I don't know how many seasons is the show. I said, oh, I think. Oh my gosh, you got me on. I think it's only been three seasons. Three seasons. Okay. Yeah, you, a, they're they're coming out with the fourth. Oh, okay. Do you think? And then like, this is like right before the fourth season comes out. Oh, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. All right. Do you, do you think like he's like had this infatuation? With her from like the start. Well, he dated somebody else too from there, but that was before there was a TV show around it, like one of the other real realtors. But um, yeah, I feel like he likes his girls. You know, I mean, he hires there's beautiful women work on the TV show. You know, do they work for him? I don't know how no. this works. He's a he's a brother. She's a gorgeous girl. Why wouldn't you have an infatuation for her? And she's very sweet. He has a brother. He's got a twin brother, Brett. Now, does maybe Brett also likes her? Maybe possibly. I don't that could be that could be some more drama. That would be see. You need to be a producer on the yeah. show. So my or my take is going to be for this. Oh, new give us your hot take. Give us yeah, your hot take. My hot take is going to be that <laughs> Jason's brother Brett is going to fall. Well, I don't know what his colors are. Yeah, is going to fall for Chrishell. Chrishell, <laughs> and then you're going to see him on like a maybe a bus with oh, her okay, okay. in his uh, bathing suit. Oh, and you know, specific. Y- yes, very specific. And I, I think, yeah, that's going to be the drama. It's, she, it's like she's a twin gonna, fight. It's going to be a twin fight. And then fight. because you always have this philosophy about twins because you don't know that they're – you don't understand that they're different people. Correct. Like this is really hard for you to understand. Yes. Like you think, well, why can't she just date them both? It's like dating the same person. Yeah. That's a common thing I hear around here. Like you don't under – we need to expose you to more twins. Yeah, because I think what Brett <laughs> might try to do You understand is, they're different. Yeah. This is the second part of the take. <laughs> okay. I think what Brett might try to do is, you know, get them over for like a dinner – they'll have a dinner date, oh, like a double so, date. Okay. And then what happens is they'll keep the lights low. Oh. And <laughs> – and what'll happen is she won't know the difference between Brett and Jason. Right. And then Brett will come in and, you know, they'll they'll have fun. And then, right. at, then all of a sudden he'll turn the light on. Surprise. Yeah, this is turning into some sort of weird fantasy for you, yeah. Scott. All right. All right. Let's move on to the last one. Keep the awkward going. <laughs> the most <laughs> awkward episode we've ever done. Yeah. This like rates eight out of ten on awkward. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. 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 <laughs> the last one is from Olivia. Now we do have a lot of um Girls Gotta Eat podcast fans. Yes. So she she posted this. I know MM loves the GGE girls. Anyone curious on Raina's new boyfriend's colors? Man, they're so cute. Yeah. Okay, so Raina has a new boyfriend. I am just looking at this one picture. Uh, he's green and blue. However, he has a bit of an edge to him. So I feel like he's kind of fun and a little like, you know, biting. And she likes that. She needs that. Because like Raina is very purple. And I feel like she needs people to, and, and very honest. She's yellow too. So she's like very purple and together. And, and I'm sorry, she's, um, she's purple and blue. So she needs kind of people to come in. And she needs people to like, I don't know, like excite her or get her going or get her kind of like out of her way a little bit as purple blues like that excitement. And I feel like he provides that for her at the same. But what's interesting is he's so blue in this photo with her. So I feel like he softens up in their relationship and he's a lot softer with her than maybe he projects himself to like the outside world a little bit. He's he feels like a sweetie with her and they feel very um like cute together. OK, now here's my aura hot take. OK. I feel that he's a Boston Red Sox fan. What did you just read? Are you cold reading? That oh, he's wearing the hat. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And then Raina's probably either a Yankees or a Mets fan. So I'm going to say Yankees. Yeah. And they're going to get into a big fight over who's the better team. Oh, yeah. That's my aura drama. Hot take. Uh, aura hot take. Okay. I don't. I don't know. She's a little purple, and I don't know how much she would care. I don't think she would care at all. Probably. <laughs> probably, probably. She's like okay. And he might not even care at all. But you know, they seem like they have fun together, and it's exciting. All right. All right, let's All right, we, two more ads let's and do then some we'll ads get to it. and then get to what an ego death is. I get bored, you know. I want to try new things. I want to learn new things, and Skillshare is the perfect place to do that right now. I'm actually doing a class that I can't wait to tell you guys about. But first, what is Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community that offers membership with meaning. There's so much to explore. There's real projects to create and there's the support of fellow creatives. And Skillshare basically just empowers you to accomplish real growth. So the one I'm taking is with Jonathan Van Ness. He's the host um, and he's from Queer Eye and Getting Curious. And he 
has this great class. It's so entertaining. It's called The Ultimate Self-Care Playbook. Discover and nurture your centered self. He has such a light way of describing things. And it's it's just like a, an experience. But I've done so many things on here. I've done lots of creative projects with my kids. I've done technology tutorials. Listen, practice makes progress. And advancing towards a goal is achievable with these short lessons and hands-on hands on projects that Skillshare provides. So you can do something today that you couldn't do yesterday with classes that are designed for real life. Skillshare is also incredibly affordable, especially when compared to pricey in-person classes and workshops. An annual subscription is less than $10 a month. And there's so much to explore. So go explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash KYA. And they are giving us a free trial of premium membership. So go to Skillshare.com slash KYA. The traditional guidance with fertility has been like, oh, just wait and see, you know. But now we have tools to help us plan and for tracking everything in our lives, wellness, finances, careers, school. Why is fertility still wait and see? Why do we have to put ourselves through that stress? Well, that's why modern fertility was created. It's the easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. You mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get personalized results within 10 days. Traditional testing with your doctor can cost over $1,000, but modern fertility gets you the same info at $159, a fraction of the price. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash KYA, you can get $20 off your test. Also, if you have an HSA or an FSA, you can put those dollars towards modern fertility. You'll get insight into your hormone levels, how many eggs you have, and other important fertility factors. The results go deep into what every hormone means, and you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. If you want kids today, or maybe one day in the future, or you just want clinically sound info about your body so you can help make decisions that are right for you, this test is for you. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash KYA. That means your test will cost $139 instead of the several hundred or even $1,000 it could cost at a doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash KYA. That's modernfertility.com slash KYA. Now, let's talk about ego death. This is one of those episodes that I've been wanting to do for a while. It's just so extensive, but here we go. We're doing it. Um, Why we're talking about it today? Well, episode 87, which was, are you in a spiritual slump? We mentioned ego death and it's because it's something that happens when when you are in a spiritual slump. And then most recently on episode 92, when I was talking with Hannah Burner, she was talking about going through what she was going through. I guess after the aftermath of what happened to her on Summer House and she was going through what we were talking about as an ego death because she was just trying to come to terms with who she thought she was versus who she is now and trying to move into that direction. After this episode, you're probably going to relate to this in so many different ways in your life because well, what is an ego death? Okay, so there is a sense of self the sense of I, me, and it's not real. It's a perception. It's the body of flesh and filter your soul got plopped into in this lifetime. When you get plopped into a body, it comes complete with its own ego. It's free to everyone. It's just kind of the accompaniment. It's kind of like the accessory you can never get rid of with your human body. And the ego has a job. It's to keep you feeling super self-important in lots of sneaky ways. It's part of our survival. It's to keep you very much stuck in the third dimension so that what you feel, you know, so you feel like what you see, touch, and have in this materialistic lifetime are the only things that matter. And it keeps you there by making sure you feel like the star of the show. So when lots of people who are toxic, it can make them feel like the most important person in the world or perhaps the one who is the most victimized or sought out. And in empaths, a lot of awakened empaths, the ego works a little differently. It can make you feel like you're the reason why everyone is sick or sad or not well. Your ego can make you feel like if you're happy or you get what you want, you're contributing to other people's 
misery. And that if you speak up or have a voice or search for your own internal connection to spirit, others are going to feel left out and alone. And it's your sure to keep yourself um, at a level where they can understand so that it won't happen to them. So your ego, its main point, it, the pattern is to always keep you the same, to keep you some sort of central to other people so that you have too much self-importance. And it's just either that I'm not good enough or I'm too good. It'll go one of the ways, but either way, it's more, you're, you're not as important as your ego makes you think you are. And sometimes that can be a very harsh thing to hear. But once you really accept that, like, wait a second, I'm really not that important. <laughs> um, it's freeing. I, oh my gosh, in my 20s, one of my therapists, one of my many therapists, um, he said to me, you know, because I was like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I can't move to Florida because I'm going to do this to this person. This is it. And he's like, why do you think you're so important? And I'm like, whoa, you're right. Like everyone around me who I felt like I had to do things for, I mean, whether I'm there or not. Like they're just doing it to themselves. I had no role to play in it except the one, the, the own connections I was making up in my head. And that's the ego. Makes you very VIP and you're not. You're not. And that's a good thing. So that means you can choose for yourself what's good for you. So the ego isn't something that's like your enemy. It's not something that's so awful. It does have a purpose and it's not going anywhere. Seeing as it's something, you know, like we're saying ego death or kill the ego or this or that. It's, I mean, it's more like a metaphorical expression because you're not killing it. That's not the point and you can't anyhow. It's more about like seeing it, seeing where it works, seeing where it places on you and seeing how it operates. That's what an ego death is. It's like, oh, I see you because the ego loves to stay invisible and likes to think, make you think that the ego is you. Eckhart Tolle, who uh, wrote the book, A New Earth, which I highly recommend, but honestly, he's very green and indigo, and the book itself is extremely um, dense, so like, you really got to put your thinking cap on and take it in pieces, but it's a great book. But he says that the ego is the evolution of our consciousness. So if you think about it as children, you know, we're born and you don't really have an ego, but then it forms. You, you start to have toys or things that are yours, a body you recognize as your own, and then you start to see the material world as an extension of your identity, and that's where your ego just starts to grow legs and take off. It's just part of being a human and it's going to happen. But, you know, your ego isn't you. It's a programming that you've experienced It holds you back from new things and it makes you anxious, stressed, and wildly defensive. Ego thoughts always begin like with I'm too or I'm not, okay? Like I'm too ugly to go up and talk to that guy or I'm not smart enough to get a job like that or... I can't, I'm not good at math. I'll never be good at math, so I don't bother. Or I'm not, I would never survive that field of study. How did you do that? I would never do that. That's ego thoughts, limited. But they can also present as overinflated thoughts of self too, rather than the I'm not good enough thoughts. For example, oh my gosh, I can date anyone I want and he's too ugly or poor for me. Well, that's how your ego keeps you single. <laughs> or, oh my gosh, only meatheads work out at that gym. I'm not a meathead. I'm not going there. Okay, that's how your ego is keeping you out of the gym. Is it's it's tricky. <laughs> the ego in empaths is a lovely tricky little thing because it twists it all around but yet does the same thing egos always do to make you feel like the most essential person in the room. So usually with a lot of the people that I I end up reading and probably a lot of you who are listening, you're more along the lines of like, "Oh, I can't I can't get that job because then my dad will worry that I'm not making enough money and, and, and I'm going to be, you know, an irresponsible person. Okay, that's the ego. <laughs> that's all the ego and it's all wrapped into how other people perceive you. That's like an empath ego thing. But sometimes I do read people who are like, oh, you know, with this guy and everything was great, but you know what? That car he was driving, it was so poor and I just don't, I, I feel like I, I'm settling. It's like, no, that's the ego keeping you single from a great person you know, by using it. So you can see how it, it's sneaky and we don't like to admit it because it's kind of, sometimes it's very shallow or it prevent, presents shadow selves to ourselves, which I'm going to talk about. 
Carl Jung said that the ego is a complex of ideas which constitutes the center of one's field of consciousness and appears to have a high degree of continuity and identity. Therefore, it's the center of our consciousness. It's the subject of all that we see and do and relate to. So, yeah, it's kind of like what makes you feel, oh, I'm a girly girl. I don't camp, you know, or I'm a manly man. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know, wear that color or whatever. Um, it, it makes us, you know, oh, my, my, my Spotify list is who I am, you know, or uh, what, what we drive matters. It speaks to us in the first person. It tricks us into identifying with things that are not us. Your ego is terrified of being irrelevant, irrelevant to you. So it's constantly talking to you. It's constantly trying to get you identify with the 3D world and make you think that that's you. And it's fun to do. It is. It's fun to be like, oh my gosh, like those shoes are so you. They are so me. Okay. That's like fun ego. That's okay. You know, but you can see it that way even. Um, but it gets tricky and it's a slippery slope. So those are easy ways to see it. The hard ways to see it are the stuff that we're going to be talking about, that deep-seated stuff that keeps you spiritually stuck. And it's so hard to separate these things. But over time, you can do it. Even roles central to you, for example, like mother, wife, husband, son. Like, who are you to somebody? You are not those things. And that's hard to hear. Like, I'm a mom, but that's my it's an ego identity. It's even those ego roles that you can get stuck in are very important to you. They they're essential. They're necessary. Like my ego identification as a mother, that's necessary. I need to have that in order to raise children. Well, I need to do that. So like I said, it's not always bad, but I always have, I, I also have to look at it and know what it is so that when they grow up and they start doing their own things that I don't take it personally if one of them moves across the country or one of them gets a job that makes me stressed out because I don't know if they're getting an income, you know, that's that's steady. Like that's where I have to understand like, okay, listen, it's time to step back. They're their own people, you know, and not just enmesh myself too much in it. It's hard. It's hard. Um, So you're not killing it. (laughs) There's no killing the ego. You're just seeing it more objectively which is very terrifying and changes everything. Over time, these roles that we play get trampled on. There are so many ways we associate our individuality or our spiritual focus on external ego-based constructions. And they they become so ingrained when they fail us or go away, then we have major crisis. Then we have the spiritual slump. Then we have an ego death. And we can use them these moments of tragedy as a window of opportunity, or we can use them as a way to further ourselves into the pit of our ego association and identification. So when bad stuff happens to you, they bec- it becomes a window. It becomes a window. So we can understand that the ego is not a thing, although I often joke that it's like a two-year-old child that you can't get rid of that's constantly wanting acknowledgement. <laughs> so you have to acknowledge it. I see you. I hear you. Now go sit down. You know, I, I, I joke about that. I joke that it's the loudest voice in your head because it sure is. Um, but really, it's a concept more than anything else, a concept which you do need in order to survive on this earth plane. So it's basically essential to our sense of being. And the trick is not to kill it, but to see it, incorporate it healthily, and to be aware of it, but also to see others parts of ourselves, which we're going to be talking about, like the shadow self, and see where all of this plays a role. We're going to learn to tame it, live with it, talk to it, laugh at it, and use it as a tool to help others. That's what we're going to do today. We're going to go through all those, this kind of what the steps are in an ego death. Okay. Spiritual awakenings are all about the ego death. It's good pain. It hurts horrifically, but over time, you're going to start seeking out that kind of same hurt. It's a disassociation from the ego identity, which is what the soul often asks for. Throughout time, this has been something spiritual practices have undergone and called a lot of different things, but it all boils down to one kind of truth. And that is that you're not anything other than your soul identity, that the constructs that you've built around you are illusions. And when they come down 
when they come down, you have a less of a barrier towards your own truth, your true self, your authentic soul identity, and you're less constricted from moving forward on your soul contract, your soul purpose, and your path. When you follow those things more aligned, you live a peaceful, more wholesome, whole experience in your life. But what does that feel like? And what does it accomplish? And how do you tell the difference between like an ego death and anxiety, depression, or a slump? And what are the symptoms of it? Let's, let's talk about that. Every day we go through tiny little ego deaths. Every single day your ego does get challenged. And man, it is good at taking those punches and deflecting. Some really uh, <laughs> little ego deaths you might go through every day. You know, it's COVID. You know, we all kind of might have put on a few. All right. I know I did. And maybe you're like, oh, I'm going to put on these jeans that, oh, I wore no problem. And they don't fit. Ooh, ego death right there. Like, whoa. I mean, all, like the rush that comes at you at that point. Maybe you see a picture of yourself a few years ago and you don't look the same. You know, aging weight gain, weight loss, body dysmorphia issue, things like that. Um, Anything where your identity was wrapped up in how you looked and now that's changed can bring on an ego death. Maybe your partner broke up with you. Okay. You're not a couple anymore. You're not their partner. You're not, you're different. You're single. You're like, again, role changes in society. Those can bring an ego death to you. Maybe a friend told you some like straight up truth about yourself, which resonated and hurt at the same time. Okay. Ouch. Ego death. That can be a great opportunity for that to happen. Anytime you feel like defensive or you didn't like what somebody said to you or something, there's a moment to follow that trigger down and find the truth under it. Cause it's something, something's under, under where you got triggered. Maybe you just didn't you know, make the cut in some sort of audition or an interview or a project you've been pushing and pushing at fails. There are little opportunities every day to experience these little disassociations from who we think we are. And, you know, the ego is amazing at battling them. We make up so many little answers for things and for us to continue and distract from any revelations, which can come with the ego death, but the big ones are hard hitting and they can last periods periods, long periods of time. And you do come out differently. And they usually show up at the time in your life where you're in a transition or a slump of some sort. There's been an extended uh, sort of time when you've been, you can't escape the back-to-back kind of bad luck situations. And, you know, so this can be particularly traumatic with a health crisis or somebody passes or there's financial distress or you got broken up with, or, you know, these types of moments, these spiritual slump kind of moments that's when the ego deaths are more common because your your ego loses its fight a little bit and then the truth seeps in. I had an email reading last week with this beautiful client of mine who um you know she got the diagnosis of breast cancer and she underwent every single, you know, thing she had to go through including a double mastectomy and you know she went through it all and she's a mom and she's a wife, and she's a business owner, and she's a yellow indigo aura. She got up every single day. She got through it. She tried to make everything normal for everyone else. And, you know, she's in remission, even though I think once this happens to you, you're never, you never feel quite out of the woods, you know. But she's in remission, but she was so sad. You know, she was just so sad. She was in a slump. And she was going through this, like, ego death with the slump. This, you know, she couldn't get out of it. She couldn't distract anymore. And what it was, it was like a moment of separation from the life she had before the cancer to the life she had after remission. You know, she's not the same person. And this is what, this is what spirit came through and told her because she never was whoever she was before the cancer and being so close to death, walking the line like that, coming up against her own mortality, her own understanding that, you know, she, some real tough stuff. She might have to leave her kids. She might have to leave that role of wife, of mother, of of human. It it changed her. The parts of her which used to care about things, they were just going through the motions now. And then then when when I got to her in the reading, she just didn't care. She just didn't care anymore about things she used to care about. And because her ego wanted her so bad not to change or shift or, or get these revelations, 
it was giving her guilt instead. And some people around her, close people, were giving her guilt as well for being different. But you know what? And this is what Spirit said. Like, you know, of course you're different. (laughs) Of course you're different. Who walks up to death like that? Who has both feet on either side of these worlds and doesn't change? And if they didn't, what the heck was all that for? This was a time for her to embrace the newly shedded version of herself, the truer one. And yeah, things are going to change around her. She knows it. She feels it. The point being, after certain situations in life, you shed and there is a lapse between your authentic self and your ego-identified self. And in that window of opportunity, you can align and it feels terrifying yet inevitable at the same time. And that's what an ego death can feel like. And that's what she was going through. You know, the ego operates in duality. (laughs) This means that like there's a right or wrong, hate or love, good or bad. Everything's this or that, and it divides us. And if you think about our politics, you know, these days, if you think about what's going on in the news, how we operate as, as a society, political parties, I mean, everything's a duality. That's why it's like, doesn't work, you know, because it's like this duality, it's constant duality. There is not a path where we can pick one over another. There's no absolutes. There's only seeing that life is a little bit of everything, not this or that. The ego-operated self, which mirrors out to society, is, a, is the illusion that you have to be one or the other, this or that. And the fact is, you're an energetic being of light. And like light, you can go anywhere. You can reach anything. You touch all things. There is no limits to what you feel, to what you do, to what you can be. Any limits that you think you have are from your ego. In an ego death, you end up losing that duality and you start to see things from this new lens, one of an all-encompassing everything. You see other sides to things. You see objective sides to everything. You feel a distance. Yet in that distance, you're closer to something else and that source, source energy, that which is greater than us or whatever you want to call what lives in you. So the next thing that happens... Um, in this in this ego death is you're going to see a major confrontation with your shadow self. So what is your shadow self? It's the many parts of you your ego likes to keep hidden. It's the duality of you. It's the other sides. The sides that you think can't exist because you already chose the one thing, so the other thing can't. But guess what? We can be duplicitous people. They both can exist in us. And that's what the shadow self is. It's the part of, parts of yourself that can be the darker side of your nature, the parts that you aren't super into other people seeing. You spend a lot of time hiding that. These are your insecurities, your unconscious mind, which is repressed. These are things that you work super hard distracting from. It's the vulnerability, which will come forward in an ego death. It's all the things you were told that you were duplicitous in nature, the things your ego said that were bad about you, the things you decided you couldn't have coexisting with your actual self and the stripping away of that duality of the ego, the right versus wrong kind of mentality will bring your shadow self to the surface. So perhaps you get in touch with the fact that you don't believe in, I mean, monogamy. (laughs) Maybe you're like, you know what? I think that that's a BS concept. I'm not, I don't feel like, I don't, I don't think that that's real for me. Whoa. You know, Maybe that's something that you've been repressing. Maybe all of a sudden you feel oppressed by an organized religion that you have a whole community, every friend you have, your marriage, kids, everything you've been doing is this organized. I don't identify with that anymore. I feel like it feels empty to me. Maybe you don't care about others the way that you feel like you should. You know, like uh, I don't care. You know, I see this all the time in people's jobs. Like they just get burned out from like, like teaching, you know, like I don't, and this, and, and that's, this is true. And this happens. And this is when it's time for you to leave a job. Okay. When all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I don't care. I don't care if they learn X, Y, or Z. I don't care. Okay. Now it's time for you to leave because like, and then like move, move over. Let somebody else who does care come in. But seriously, it's okay. If you don't care anymore, it means it's time to go now. I see this all the time with medical professionals. I see this all the time with EMTs, like just, oh my God, like the burnout in those jobs. And then you're still there, but something happened, like you disassociated from caring and yet you're still going to work every day. It's not good for you. 
but you know, I get, I get it. There's real life consequences. How am I going to pay the bills? What's next? But in an ego death, you, you, you start, you start not doing it anyways. Oftentimes I'll see this in conjunction when people drop an inauthentic aura color, honestly, like an, an authentic aura color is like a mask or like a sort of psychic armor that you feel like you have to wear and it'll fall away in these moments. Um, when you, when you confront your shadow self and you start to like accept your shadow self, like, you know what, this is just who I am. Oh, inauthentic color went away. It can be small. Like maybe you let go of the fact that you're never going to be as fun and spontaneous as what your boyfriend wants you to be. And you're just like, yeah, I'm not doing that. I don't care that you care. I don't care. I'm not doing that. Um, or maybe you're not the leader that your dad needed you to be. You don't lead other people. You prefer to be the follower. That's okay too. Um, you drop in an inauthentic color there. It's kind of a confrontation of what you've been putting up as a front to protect the stuff you felt was unacceptable to present forward to self and society. So all of this will lead to an ego death. And, and you know, the, like I said, the ego's not really dying. It's more of like shedding for a moment. And it's that window of opportunity between like two synapses firing. It's this moment of time where everything's clear and apparent and open to all possibilities you see it all, and you have just enough time to lean slightly in the direction away from the ego into the soul. And in that moment, the ego loses its grip. Because here's the thing. In these spiritual awakening moments, what you see and perceive can never be unseen and can never be unperceived. You just have to see it and perceive it and feel it once, and then it sticks with you forever. And then your life will change, and there's no going back. That's an ego death. And they can only happen in these spiritual slumps and they, you know, occur within spiritual awakening moments. So it's either like super illuminating or like horrifically frightening, sometimes both, because in that moment, your ego does feel completely away from you. And your ego is absolutely part of your human form. Without your ego, you don't have a tethering to this human body. So yeah, it's stressful and you will have rushes of panic and stress and anxiety but you'll get used to it. And I'll tell you after a while, it's absolutely invigorating. The more you understand what it is and the more you can use these things to move you forward, they become slightly, they become like slightly addictive in a way. Like you'll have times when you crave them after a while. I just had like an ego death with um, the episode about gaslighting. Uh, what episode was that? 91? Yeah. I had this revelation, this like download and I've been going through it really like after that episode and after that download it's like an awakening i've been seeking more knowledge about it um i've been sad i've been sad i've been sad i've been down i had an ego death i'm leaning into something else and it's new territory for me it's new terrain and i'm still i'm still navigating it but um uh, you know maybe 10 years ago i i would have done anything i could i wasn't ready and now I am. So when you do get these revelations, you got to pat yourself on the back because you're strong enough to hear things. You're strong enough to go through things. And that's huge. So here are the stages of an ego death. The first thing is, it, yes, it's a spiritual awakening. There's some sort of crisis or tragedy or a moment of total like, what the hell just happened to me? You're awake now. You're like, what happened? It's like waking up from like some sort of emotional coma. You're like, whoa. And it's weird. It's kind of like the Matrix. Like everyone else, like when he, when Neo wakes up and he's got to like pull all the, the cords out of himself and he sees everyone else is still like in their, um, I don't know, slumber chambers and the goo. You know what I'm talking about. That's kind of what it's like. And you see everyone else is sleeping and you're like, hey guys, hey, hey, don't you know what, what just happened? And nobody else cares. So you're awake. And then you're going to kind of go through something you, you might, I'm sure you've heard the dark night or the dark night of the soul. This is a term for like an aftermath of a spiritual awakening. It's kind of what I just said I'm going through now. This is kind of like, what is the point of this moment? Uh, you can feel isolated, alone, very contemplative. You can feel numb out of it. It tends to be the climax point of your suffering. Honestly, there's a lot of interesting things can, that can happen here. You can have total moments of like creative genius, like you can, like, I swear artists write their best albums in these moments. Okay. Like some good, sad stuff can come out of your mouth, but you can also feel very uninspired too. Um, what you're supposed to do here is learn. And, and then that's the next thing. That's step three. You start to journey. You look for practices to help you. Books, meditation, 
community. You want to learn how to deal with this, how to cope, how to use it. You want to hear other people speak about it. It becomes a time of transformation and learning. The next thing is a glimpse of enlightenment. Some people call it Satori. This is like a where you see your true nature. This can be as simple as a revelation that you just don't want to do something anymore. Like we were talking about some sort of, yeah, I don't care anymore. I don't want to do it. And, and it's like apathy plus inspiration. Um, it's, it, you're terrified, but you're also, you're, you're ready to move on it. You quit the job. You break up with the boyfriend. You decide to, I don't know, take the steps to do whatever you got to do that you've been downloaded on. So it's an action time. Then sometimes, and, and I will, this is spiritual stagnance. You can get stuck feeling like you're not feeling that same high anymore from the awakening and then even the dark night of the soul and the journeying and the Satori. Then like this awakening is stalled. It gets stagnant. This is honestly like a breather period. You have to sit with it. Lots of time I'll talk to people who've had this like amazing revelation and they've gone through all this stuff and then they sit and they're like, okay, what's next? Okay, now what? And they can get kind of stuck and feel like, oh my gosh, did I stop? Did I stall? What am I supposed to do next? I see a lot of yellow auras get a little stuck here. They're like, wait a second, what now? You know, um, I should still be feeling all these feelings like 24-7. They get like perfectionist on themselves. Sometimes you just have to sit in it. Sometimes you just got to sit and wait and just like live and go through, you know, make new patterns, make new um, make new systems, new new little alterations to your life to accommodate what you have. Uh, grown and, and learn. You know, sometimes I'll see this somebody, they like, they left the job, you know, they left the partner, they started the business, they took the class, they started the practice, they, they started doing the art, they wrote in the journal, and now things got boring again. <laughs> okay, I'm bored. Now what? Where's my next download? The ego kind of creeped back in, and you have to, you can start feeling like your old numb self again. It happens, it's part of it. The next thing that can happen is your soul matures over time you start recognizing all the steps that i'm talking about and how they cycle the ego death the aftermath and you start to separate your experience from other other people's experiences and you start to notice how to discern what stages you're actually at it's like an observational standpoint all the time because what's happening is in all of this you start to create a much stronger relationship with your higher self that's the soul identity that's who you actually are your higher self and because of that, you have this like perspective, like this outside of yourself perspective. And you will find you stepping away from like group mentality, um, which is anything where like a group of people tell you how to think or what to do or whatever. You start to step away from it or spiritual bypassing. Um, life is good. You know, you know, be positive. You should be grateful. You know, that kind of stuff. You're like, Mm-mm, we're not doing that. And you generally, any sort of mindset which tries to sway you into their way of thinking instead of your own aligned with your higher self thinking. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a confidence that you are aligned more with your higher self and that's who you defer to before anybody else. And that's the goal. They're surrendering kind of after soul maturity. This kind of goes with it, surrendering. Um, at some point, we understand we have no control. We're going to like just kind of like give it, give it to God, give it to the universe, just give it up. We are, um, you know, we're a family with these voices of our soul and our ego, and we can let go of anything that does not align to our true nature. You understand the ego has a purpose. You understand it's separate from your soul identity and you just understand how all the pieces work and you surrender to it. You surrender to the process. And finally, and, and this is something that we seek out through our whole lives. It's wholeness. I said this before, wholeness, not happiness. Wholeness is the goal, not happiness. It's wholeness. It's where you're at now is totally okay. You're in a slump. It's okay. You're feeling stagnant. It's okay. You're sad. It's okay. You're happy. You're joyful. You're inspired. It's okay. Anywhere you're at, there's a feeling of just, it's not this moment. It's, it's the whole encompassing process of life. It's the experience. It's all encompassing oneness and it can feel very calm. And, and the point of this is to really create that inner sanctuary, that nugget of energy that lives within you all the time and is stable and creates a, a stasis. And no matter what happens around you, you can count on that. 
And getting closer to that is the actual place we are journeying to. And we're all doing it together on here, but we're only going in inward. <laughs> we're doing it together, but we're all going to our own special place and it's inward. And it takes time and there's ups and downs. And like you can go up and down on this whole, these steps I'm talking, but you can go up and down and back and forth. You can sit somewhere for a while. It's a process. But when you feel it, when you've been there, even for a moment, you know. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. So what do you think about the dark night of the soul? I, I feel I've had a few of those. Yeah, right? Yeah. I told you. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, I'll probably have a few more. But we talk about a great way to get past it is community. You know, finding like-minded people, learning about yourself, exploring it. Yeah, I think that's definitely a way. We have our, you know, I think our... Facebook group, the oh God, yes. Spiritual Family, yeah. is just an incredible way if you go through this dark night of the soul or these other things. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's well, a great way to do it. I love the support everybody gives to each other over on the Facebook page. I mean, it has just been, it just makes me cry sometimes. It makes all this, all, you know, the admins and us will be like, wow, did you see this? That's like beautiful. It's just amazing the support that we see on there. Yeah. And uh, actually, we're, we're doing a huge event in January. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it, it's crazy. You know, as soon as we posted it to the group, <laughs> it's, I mean, tickets are just flying off the shelves. Yeah. The rooms are, are getting booked out. Yeah. You know, it's at it's in Fort Lauderdale, mm-hmm. uh, the Bihiamar Hotel. Uh, it's going to be huge. We got people from all over yeah. the country coming. Yes. Like-minded people wanting to, you know, meet up, connect, uh, talk about, you know, basically take the Facebook group and bring it to life. Yeah. Um, in these couple of days in January. Yeah, so the 28th very, through the 30th, right? January, yeah, 28th yeah. through the 30th. Uh, we're very excited. It's 182 days away. <laughs> You've been counting. Well, count- less now. Well, yeah. Once well, it record, once it airs. Once this airs, it'll be less than that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, most people count down to Christmas. We're counting down to that. Yeah, we're so excited after because we wanted to do it this past February, but with right. COVID, now yeah. it's just going to be a wild time. Yeah. Um, very excited, but you know, I love you guys, and oh man. I just, I'm so thankful for all of you. I truly am grateful for all, every single one of you. I'm grateful for what you do for each other. I'm just grateful for the energy you put forward. And I hope you feel my love in this podcast. You know, this podcast is for you and about you and you all take care. If you want to be the most interesting person at the cocktail party, well, hop on over and listen to the Brain Candy Podcast. Our award-winning content will have you laughing while you're learning. We read all the best articles, books, and studies, and keep up with new TV shows, documentaries, and pop culture. And then we cram it all into two shows a week. Conspiracy theories, cannibal rabbits, unsolved mysteries, the history of the Walkman. There's something for everyone. The Brain Candy Podcast. Find our link in the show notes. Or simply search for the Brain Candy Podcast on your podcast app.